Hello, it's Cam. Welcome back to another app of This Might Be Helpful, and I sincerely hope that it is. Today, I'd like to talk about the mind and the moment, and how good our brain is at reducing this unthinkably complex experience into words, ideas, concepts, things we can use as tools to chisel meaning out of existence. And meaning is something that we've had a difficult time creating lately. I think there is a meaning crisis. There's a realization that maybe some of the aspects of how we live might not be the only way to go. And when we turn towards some kind of solace and comfort without the frameworks and institutions of religion and with the diversity of philosophies we might experience, we are cherry-picking meaning tie that into the emergence of new technologies that are threatening not only vocations, but people's sense of identity as the processes they use to create and do what they do are automated. And that is a topic in itself for the next episode. Today, I want to talk about reality. We'll keep it deliberately vague and nebulous for now and see if we can refine our pathways into this conversation. But a lot of what we do, we do through frameworks. We develop robust ideas and conceptualizations around what we are experiencing. We come to sound conclusions, and because we have the words to describe what something is, we think we understand what it is we are describing. We tend to think that because we have the words, our words accurately capture the essence of our experience. But these words are just a reflection of what we think we know. Because what really is fear? What is consciousness? What is desire, heartache, envy, rage, or any other experience truly made of? Because if we explore the components of these experiences, if we ask ourselves this question, the answer we're greeted with may be that fear is composed of a certain quality of sensations and thoughts. We might associate certain objects or people or places with these notions to fill the space of those words with our meaning. But that leads to another question. What are the sensations and thoughts themselves composed of? Primal man sensed their way through evolution. And I'm sure it must have been a very consuming experience because to feel your way through a world filled with peril seems an experience that doesn't leave much space, much room for idle pondering. And at some point, minds emerged that sought to capture some essence of their reality, crushed flowers and blood painted across cave walls, and this process of expansion, questioning and painting our answers onto something that would last, some kind of clarity that would last longer than us. We developed an insatiable thirst for understanding. We crafted words and definitions, concepts and frameworks as tools to make sense. The why behind the what. Along the way, maybe recently, the thinking man forgot to feel. The thinking people began to believe that because they had their words, because they had their descriptions, they understood what it was that they were describing. The thinking and the knowing and the naming grew still, but something is missing. Something resolutely indescribable, no matter how intricate and nuanced or sound our intellectualization of this experience is. I'd like you to take a moment 
to simply feel this present moment without any characterization or any labels, any judgment. Feel the texture of this experience, much like you would feel the texture of sand in your hands, earth beneath your feet, or sun on your face. Release yourself from any effort to understand or define this, and simply observe its presence. The presence of experience. The presence of reality. The presence that you don't need to practice to refine. You don't need to go somewhere to connect to it. You are that which is in this moment. And in this manner, the exploration of awareness, we come to realize that our experiences are simply too elusive, too fleeting to be described by words or concepts. All we can truly express is a memory of what was, and only as it's past. For the moment we try to ascribe reason to this moment, another one comes and takes its place. We can take a closer look at the way we perceive and understand this world around us, this complex hallucination, transference of energy and chemistry and crafting a reality based upon this consolidated experience of mankind. But when we perceive things within our experience, we tend to focus on the ideas and concepts that encapsulate those things. We look at a tree and we see a tree. We look at a phone, we see a phone so on. We get so wrapped up in our conceptualization of reality that we miss out on the raw sensation that occurs in each moment. And it's something that is difficult to express, difficult to convey because of its impossibility. It's something that gets in the way of me saying anything at all. I have days of radio silence on the platforms that I speak on because I have moments where to even make an attempt at describing what this is, I know that I'm taking it further away from what it is because it's a silence, it's a nothing and an everything, and our automatic process of perception is so good at blocking out its peripheries and spotlighting information that this experience is segmented into tiny bite-sized words and thoughts and concepts. When we take time to really pause and sit in the complexity and richness of experience, we can begin to see the way that we shape its form. Because the reality we encounter in our everyday life is impossible to capture with words, no matter how we try, no matter how vast our vocabulary. Language can give us an idea of the multifaceted nature of things, but it cannot accurately describe the true essence of them. We are essentially living and engaging with the virtual reality, a mental construct of experience rather than its true form. Despite our best efforts at describing the phenomenon that is being alive, we simply cannot reach the depth of meaning and understanding of the world that lies beyond the realm of words. If I say that I feel the rain falling on my skin, I'm attempting to capture something that is raw and emotive, and sensory and energetic and governed by invisible forces that if I 
probe with my awareness, I might come into contact with a few and maybe more and will still not be able to truly describe what it is I am experiencing. I am taking something complex and multifaceted and reducing it to a single simple phrase, the rain is falling on my skin. But if I take the time to do nothing, to not think and characterize this experience and just allow an openness, allow myself to absorb this experience and let my senses lead me, draw me deeper and deeper into this stream of reality. I discover a world of texture and energy that doesn't need to be encapsulated in words. Similarly, if we take a moment to focus on our left hand, pour your attention into your left hand, you find a rich array of experiential phenomena that always present, always there. But the concept of the hand binds them in a way that allows us to make sense of that infinitely complex array of information. The flashes and flickers and shimmers of sensation and subtle movements that possible to put into words. And that's the mind's job, is to put that into words. To reduce all of the complexity into a word or a phrase or a concept. And I love that. I'll always explore and continue to travel these pathways in a way that I can reflect on and consolidate and bring into something of a multi-dimensional understanding, if that makes sense. But it's crucial to acknowledge that to capture it entirely is an impossible task, and the mind's conceptual rendering of things is just one way of experiencing reality. It's not a problem, it's just not the only way. And the simplest way to discover what I'm saying here is to feel your way into experience. That's it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to sit a certain way, breathe a certain way, practice a certain practice, subscribe to a certain faith. All of the words that these things bring us are more avenues into experience, but as long as we are traveling those avenues, those pathways, we will be on those pathways and thus blind, in a sense, to all that is not on that path. You're not going to stop your mind from trying to think about and conceive reality, and that's, that's fine, that's neutral, that is what it is. You are the questioner, you are the gatherer of experiences, but experience is also being known and felt non-conceptually. You are experiencing a non-conceptual reality, and the only things between you and that infiniteness are concepts, boundaries, dividing lines. We take our beliefs and believe them true, largely because we are not even aware of all the beliefs that we hold. There's the notion that reality is stable and static and permanent that there is a continuity and coherence to this world and to ourselves and that people, places, and things maintain a consistent nature. But how often do we stop and question these assumptions? How often do we observe our immediate experience and ask ourselves, can we find an inside to it? Can we tell where the outside is? Can we determine exactly where here is as opposed to there? Are there distinctions between these places? Or are they just imagined? 
And when we reflect on the concept of time, we mortal beings in our linear, nonlinear path tend to assume that it is an absolute objective reality that we will die at a certain time and that our experience is condensed to that linear pathway. But the past, present, and future are not distinguishable. We act as if they are, as if they're undeniable. But can we actually identify a precise beginning of any experience? Is it possible to locate an actual past other than within the realm of memory? Where does this supposed before exist, and is it relative to an end that we're not aware of? Is there a distinct boundary which separates the past from the present moment, and once that present moment has passed, where does it go, and what is it replaced by? We imagine that experiences have continuity, that they endure over time, but do any experiences ever actually repeat themselves? Do we notice that each instant is utterly distinct from the next? Do we see that nothing has any lasting continuity and instead is just a fleeting, ever-changing, and ultimately inexorable expansion of the universe? Can we observe any kind of fixed state of affairs, or do we find that Everything is always changing and evolving. It's our perception of the world that is fixed, and it's done so while hurtling through space. What is the nature of the divide between anything? We may search for stability or permanence in our experience, but it's like throwing a glass of fresh water into an ocean. Our experiences are fleeting and transient, never really lasting. And the only thing that endures is the moment itself. And any separation between past, present, and future, between ourselves and the external world, between here and there and up and down, is simply the mind making an attempt to make sense of a seamless flow of experience. To be in accordance with this nature of reality is to see that no facet of this experience holds still, not even for a moment. Our constructed image of reality is a complex hallucination, an attempt at giving shape to this formless and ever-changing flow. And that's not to say that what you think and feel and believe isn't real. I think that what I'm trying to say is it's more real than we could possibly comprehend. See you next time.